Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. From the beef from the annals of cannabis culture. <laughs> the annals? Is that what you said? <laughs> what are the annals? I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be the... I forgot. It's not the right word. Anywho. <laughs> What's up, yeah, baby? It's the sound goes, boo, 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 and then, boom. go. What's up, everybody? How's it going out there? Hey. Yo, yo. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm Jamie Cash. I'm Pot Green. Yes, and we have a lot of stuff for you to enjoy today. What do you got on your agenda? Anything interesting? Me? Over here? Yeah, we got some new stuff. We got some new segments. We got some new segments, and we got some beautiful weather here in Northern California the last couple of days, which has been awesome, dude. Man, that makes it just about perfect. It definitely does. It's time for uh, it's time for the outdoor growers to start sprouting their seeds, man. Which, right if you didn't know, it is better to grow pot outdoors from seed because it has a tap root, and the clone does not. In case you did not know that, that is why outdoor growers like to grow from seed. But. Good uh, point. Yeah, man. So uh, let's get started with the news. Here's your green rip of the, the day. News. Take it away. This just in your green rip from the day. Man, we got a lot of interesting stuff going on around the country. Um, I don't know where to start. Let's just dig right in and go with New Hampshire. This is very good news from New Hampshire coming for us. But, you know, uh, anybody uh, so kind of connected or, or keep in touch with what's going on in the, the national cannabis movement um, knows that certain states have governors that are just flat out anti-cannabis in every sense of the word. And when when we're fortunate enough to get legislation into uh, whatever one of these state legislatures and they go through this amazing process, you know, I don't know if you're aware of how much effort and energy and time it takes to get a bill created and pushed through the system and approved. And then they end up voting uh, and, and a vast majority in, in support of this legislation and only to have the governor veto it. Um, yeah. This is possible. Uh, this is a possibility in several uh, occurrences that are, are, are slated to take place here soon around the country, and New Hampshire is one of them. We know that in the past, New Hampshire has uh, made efforts, solid efforts, to um, develop and, and pass some sort of solid legislation that would allow for medical use of cannabis in their state. Every time they try to do something like this, their efforts are thwarted by the governor. Um, we have some, and with that, I would guess this would be considered bittersweet news, um, potentially very nice news, but it's a step in the right direction. On uh, Wednesday, uh, March 10th, the New Hampshire House voted 214 to 137 to decriminalize the possession of small amounts of marijuana. Um, that's, a, that's a big step for them. They, they've, they have some pretty harsh... Uh, cannabis laws, but with with a 214 to 137 vote, you would think that that's pretty much a shoe in. What these legislators are doing is is exercising the and asserting the will of the people. 
And what's potentially expected to happen on the downside is that Governor John Lynch, who's a Democrat, believe it or not, immediately threatened to veto it, and they anticipate that he probably would do that. So the the downside is that the House tally leaves supporters about 20 votes short of a veto-proof majority. So that leaves it kind of at, at uh, Mr. Lynch's discretion, and he's promised thus far to veto it. So that's uh, some good news coming out of New Hampshire. They're still passing positive legislation. Things are going in the right direction. But unfortunately, in some cases, we have these ridiculous circumstances where, you know, a legislation can go through this entire process, get a mass majority vote, and then and then get to get the kibosh put on it by by one individual. Um, a similar possibility occurs um, in Hawaii. Hawaii uh, Senate passed three different reform measures um, just the first of this month. SB 2213 would allow counties to license medical marijuana dispensaries, which is a very oh, big wow. step for them. Yeah, wow. great thing for Aloha. We're moving Aloha. <laughs> right on. Listen to this. It passed with 20, 20 to 4. So that's a, that's a veto-proof majority. Um, SB 2141 would increase the number of plants and amount of marijuana patients could possess. Under current law, they can have three plants and one ounce. Under this bill, they'd be able to possess 10 plants and five ounces. Um, it would also increase the number of patients a caregiver can provide for uh, four from one to four people. And that passed 24 to one, which is, I believe, also a veto-proof majority. And Senate Bill 2450 rounds up the trifecta, would uh, decriminalize the possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. Um, under current law, small-time pot possession is a misdemeanor. It's punishable by 30 days in jail and up to a $1,000 fine. I believe it is is a $1,000 fine, not up to. Um, under this new bill, there'd be no criminal penalties for possession for under an ounce, but offenders would still face a $300 fine for a first offense and $500 fine for subsequent offenses. It also makes uh, possession of less than an ounce by a parolee not a reason to force him into drug treatment or violate his parole, which is probably the most significant portion of that cool. bill. Um, yeah. These three have been passed by, by veto-proof majorities in the House or in the Senate, forgive me, they're in, the, in the Senate. Now, the, 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 the deal is they have to go to the House, which they're expected to get similar type of uh, uh, reaction. But here's the caveat. The, the same problem that, that New Hampshire's dealing with, Hawaii Governor Linda Lingle, who's a Republican, she is an avowed foe of marijuana, and she is very likely to try to veto any reform measures that come out of their legislature. So uh, if it goes as well— When's she up yeah, for re-election? I, I, I don't know, but it's not soon enough. No, <laughs> uh, we, need to, we, need to, we need to put some serious effort into to getting her out because Hawaii is a yeah. great state if it was really medical friendly. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, that'd be, and from that'd be a great place for you like, to live, Jamie. <laughs> absolutely. I am. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, though, uh, this, this has got to go to the House and get a – provided it gets a veto-proof majority in the House as well, then, then you know – they can just 
this in her face, you know, Linda Lingle, she can uh, she can just go and try to find something else to quash. So hopefully that thing's going to keep rolling and the momentum will keep up and they get these three things passed. That's significant. A lot. That's a, there's a lot you know, of harm reduction in these three. Did you? So there definitely are. Um, so vetoes can definitely be overturned in Hawaii. I know that they can't be overturned in every state. In some states, well, there is no process for overturning a veto. Well, it's not necessarily overturned. I know it might be semantics, but it is it is critical language there. It's it's really override. It's an override where the veto really can't necessarily stick if if it's if it has a veto proof majority. It's 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 well it just is that. It's veto proof, you know? I mean, and it has to be I don't know, I believe different states have different levels of what makes it that majority. I mean, it's sure. a it's an it's a very extreme majority. I know that much, but uh, yeah, it's like it's like two or three. You have to have a two to three vote or something like that. Um, most yeah, states, minimum. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Wow, aloha, it's dude. Good. Hopefully, good one. luck to them. Absolutely, very, very good luck to those guys. I tell you, um, and some promising news. You know, not all governors are bad people, so don't take me wrong because I'm slagging on these bozos that want to, you know, destroy the will of the people. <laughs> there are some of those, unfortunately, and there's a lot more than just New Hampshire and Hawaii right now. Um, but on the on the positive side of things, there's a lot of governors out there that have that are and have been behind uh, medical cannabis, as well as other kind of cannabis uh, reform um, for years and years. You know, um, some of them from the get-go, as long as we know anything about them, they've been in, in support of this type of these types of measures. Um, one, one great case I would like to uh, uh, mention as an example is Governor Christine, and I, I, I believe this is pronounced Gregoire, but um, don't quote me on that. It's G-R-E-G-O-I-R-E. -E. So I think that's Gregoire. But Governor Gregoire is expected to sign a bill soon that will leave more healthcare professionals. Um, it'll give them, rather, the authority to recommend medical marijuana to qualified users in their state, which is very, very big deal. Senate Bill 5798. Um, would allow neuropathic doctors or naturopathic doctors, I'm sorry, uh, advanced physician assistants and nurse practitioners the power to okay a course of cannabis, which is substantial. Um, I think the, that's kind of like initial, how we do it in California. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, same, it's same something. Sort of it, I think a lot of the laws right now, while there still are some places that need to get the, the basic laws just to exist in any in any level, a lot of the laws that are happening in some of these states are just expansions to get get things more where they should be in the first place, which is good because, I mean, Washington State has had a law for some time now, long enough where they can feel it out and kind of realize what's necessary, what works and what doesn't work, and they can make appropriate adjustments. And I'm glad to see that they're doing that. They, uh, the, I think the impetus, the initial impetus for this, this legislation was the rural patients were having problems because their doctors were like, I'm not going to do this. So they got to go to the city and pay somebody 200 bucks and all that stuff. And it, it just wasn't working out right. And this way, um, access will be a lot more, um, well, I guess it just increases access, and it's a lot more available to um, state on a statewide basis, on a more statewide, regardless of, of your location that you live in. So, so that's positive stuff on that one. 
Um, see what else we got. Man, I got a whole grab bag of stuff here. I don't know how long we want to spend on the news today, but I know that you've heard about this. Perhaps you've heard about this uh, Super Bowl ad that uh, the Focus on the Family organization wanted to run uh, about Mm -hmm. anti-abortion. And uh, it was a special interest, I don't know, arguably extreme type of subject matter. And uh, they accepted that to be run, actually ran during the Super Bowl. Um, the big uproar happened because they turned down an, a, uh, an ad from Normal that was about calling for the legalization of marijuana. Well, it was amazing. Um, I, I frequently read uh, Change.org. It's a pretty interesting website for anybody that hasn't been there. Take a look at it. They, they talk about a lot of issues, and it's definitely not one-sided <laughs> by any means. You can get uh, both sides of the argument there. But this issue first came to my attention on Change.org, and they said, you know, you know the, the, some of the people from editors from Change.org said, this is, this is outrageous. It's a, it's an, a, a blatant double standard. And it's ridiculous that somebody can't get out their honest message because of some sort of bias while another person can send an equally questionable, you know, message or, or, you know, controversial message, let's just say, and they get accepted. And they urged everybody to write and sign their petition and, and contact the executives at CBS and tell them that this is unacceptable, and which we did. Um, I, for one, immediately signed the petition, and evidently I was not alone. Um, it came down the wire just a couple weeks ago that, uh, well, let, let's give you a timeline. February 3rd, they sent Normal a letter that said, if CBS changes its morals, we'll let you know. <laughs> exactly one month after that, they, gave a, they got a message that uh, if you would like to submit your advertisement, again, we will accept it at this time. So... Uh, evidently, it does matter when you speak out, and people have done that loudly and consistently enough to uh, kind of rattle their cage over there at CVS and, and and shake some sense into them, I guess. Um, maybe it's more of a—I'm sure it's more of a, a legal situation than shaking some sense into them. But nevertheless, they, uh, they're allowing these advertisements to run now, so there should be some good uh, national-level— um, Normal ads calling for legalizing cannabis. I believe. Uh, sweet, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. sweet. That's yeah, huge. absolutely. The ad uh, it was it was supposed to run actually uh, on a Times Square Square billboard uh, or Times Square Square billboards. That's plural. That are owned by CBS in New York City. And the slogan at the end of the ad was simply "Legalize marijuana, billions in taxes." So. Hopefully, we'll be seeing those big ads out there uh, all over New York City, uh, Times Square. That would be really cool to see that. You know, I wonder Talk if the governor would uh, veto it in California. Um, in Cali, he can't veto a voter referendum, but he could vote. It, he could veto the the new attempt that they're making to do it through the the Senate and House. Yeah, so, I wonder. I wonder what he would do. You know, I, I wonder what he would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, this is a good one. This is our kind of uh, special super crystal nugget of the day of the news day anyway. Um, yeah, I love and I just I'm delighted to, to report this to everyone. Um, I absolutely love it when this happens. I think anybody in the in the cannabis reform movement does. Um, there's a gentleman named John DeLulio Jr. Have you ever heard of him? No. No, neither have I. Never. 
But here's the significance. He co-authored a book in 1996 that was entitled Body Count, Moral Poverty and How to Win America's War Against Crime and Drugs with two other authors. The other two authors were Bill Bennett and John Walters. Now, I know you heard of these two guys. They were both former drug czars and infamously rabid prohibitionists. Um, And this... This gentleman, John DeLulio Jr., just wrote in Democracy Journal this month, and I'll quote him on this. He said, legalize marijuana for medically prescribed uses and seriously consider decriminalizing it altogether. Last year, there were more than 800,000 marijuana-related arrests. The impact of these arrests on crime rates was likely close to zero. There's almost no scientific evidence showing that pot is more harmful to its user's health, more of a gateway drug, or more crime-causing in its effects than alcohol or other legal narcotic or mind-altering substances. Our post-2000 legal drug culture has untold millions of Americans, from the very young to the very old, consuming drugs in unprecedented and untested combinations and quantities. Primetime commercial television is now a virtual medicine cabinet. Remember the, the, the little statement that you get on all these numerous drug ads that says, just ask your doctor if this drug is right for you. Big pharma, pharmaceutical companies function as all-purpose drug pushers, and yet we expend scarce federal, state, and local law enforcement resources waging war against pot users. That is insane. Now, that's amazing. That, that is, is amazing. Insane. This, is a, this is a That's insane. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't agree more with them. The fact is, this is mm-hmm. a a very active, very uh, well well known as far as in the prohibitionist circles um, for his kind of rabid company that he keeps, and uh, his message was pretty much in line with them. He was he was a, I did a little bit of looking uh, into this guy and. He was he was a little bit uh, active on the circuit for a while, kind of uh, spewing kind of like the hatred. How Norm, like how Norm Stamper kind of was back in the day, same sort of thing, right? Well, yeah, uh, in a, in a way, uh, I think a little bit even worse than that, you know. But yeah, he did do yeah. a turnaround very similar to that. It, it, so it seems uh, it seems promising. I just I absolutely love it when one of the the more, more wicked of the the drug war mongers. Has a as of some sort of revelation and finally realizes, you know what, this is so bogus and wrong, and I'm sick of hurting people. And they change their heart and they come and uh, and start behaving, you know, in a more responsible manner. So that's a uh, that's a plus. It's good to hear that kind of stuff. It is. Definitely and, is. To wrap it all up, I have a decent little story. It comes from the International Association for Cannabis Medicine. Um, this just published. Um, it's a science-based story. In a pilot study, the medical use of cannabis did not compromise the results of patients in substance abuse treatment. How about that? <laughs> oh. This is a, yeah, it was a pilot study Californian researchers uh, conducted investigating the effects of the medical use of cannabis on the outcome of people participating in substance abuse treatment. And of the participants they were um, who were admitted to a public substance abuse treatment center in California, 
Um, 13 of them were authorized medical cannabis users, and 146 of them had no medical cannabis use. Each of the medical cannabis users was referred to substance abuse treatment by the criminal court, sought permission to use cannabis for medicinal purposes during treatment, and received such authorization. And the researchers Hmm. found that treatment results... They are. They noted rather that their treatment results are are preliminary due to the the small sample size. You know, so there'll be more testing. Mm-hmm. You know, necessary to make a confirm. You know, a more solid uh, confirmation about these. But they said that their study, and I quote them, demonstrates that questions about the relationship between medical marijuana use and involvement in drug treatment can be systematically evaluated. End quote. So that's a really, really important deal. Um, cannabis use in this study did not seem to compromise substance abuse treatment among those who use cannabis for medical purposes. And so that's, that's very um, promising. They fared equal to or better than non-medical cannabis users in several important outcome categories, like treatment completion and criminal justice involvement. And... Uh, the authors of the study concluded that their exploratory study suggests that medical use of cannabis um, is consistent with participation in other forms of drug treatment and may not adversely affect positive treatment outcomes. So that's, uh, that's good. It says that they said that a justification can be made for medical marijuana and addictions treatment as a harm reduction practice. Hmm. So it's an ever-changing world. And we're we're studies, man. We need more studies. Yeah, yeah, more studies. I I mean, we can get enough. Anytime, yeah, anytime that anything advocates an additional study, we're fine with that because we're. I mean, you know, here's the reality too. We have to be willing to accept uh, a potential of a real study telling us something that we don't want to hear as marijuana advocates. um, Absolutely, that's the nature of the truth. Yes, and the vast majority of the of the studies that will be done will prove that marijuana is a relatively harmless substance that can be very helpful in many cases. Is what I believe the end all will be. Yep. But um, you yeah, know, burning carcin- burning burning you know carbon into your lungs inevitably is not a healthy decision for your entire lifetime potentially. Um, So there could be, there, there will be uh, eventually some sort of negative uh, side effect proven uh, about, you know, and heavy marijuana use um, in some sort of study. And we have to be willing to accept that sort of uh, sort of uh, finding as well, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a, there's the news for today. A lot of good, a lot of positive stuff in there. Um, Hopeful, a lot of hope involved with this news segment, I believe. (laughs) So we'll uh, keep our ears to the the rails and see what, see what develops and keep you updated as it, as it moves along. All right. I got your, uh, I got everybody's market update for the day. Um, Everybody in California, we're we're talking about California today. Um, Everybody in California seems to think that, uh, cultivating some some characteristic of Kush is a foolproof plan, but I have to beg um, the differ. Um, it actually uh, appears that strains like Bubba Kush, Master Kush, LA Confidential, AFPAC, and other Kushes with similar characteristics 
um, are losing their popularity in the Bay Area fairly quickly. Um, although they're, they're, they seem to be holding strong in Southern California, uh, them losing their popularity throughout the Bay Area could be a sign that the trend is about to switch. Um, so there is your market mm -hmm. update for the day. What do you think about that, buddy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Crazy, what's coming huh? in? What's the new What's the new trend going to be? Any any uh, foresight you know, on that? You, one? you know, uh, there's there's I don't currently have any foresight on that one, but um, it's it's crazy difference from where where you know you're at out there in Illinois over here now. This market is running like any sort of uh, any sort of commodity market where there are trends, things go up, things go down, things become flooded. Mm -hmm. uh, quantity increases, price decreases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just occurring out here. Um, and the whole trip is, uh, you know, like um, getting in there and, and having something that's a viable product. And uh, we um, have been uh, racing to cultivate in this state, and we have over-cultivated over a lot of uh, different types, and um, they, lose their, uh, they lose their appeal at some point in the market. And mm -hmm. um, it uh, is an area where we just do not have enough information. We cannot provide enough information to the people in this industry to help them make choices that they need. Um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully here soon we'll be moving towards that, and we're going to do our best on this show to help people throughout the state um, catch the trends and uh, stay with the curve as much as possible. That's going to be keep uh, on the cutting edge. Going to be keep right there for people. You know, help keep help uh, awesome. help keep food on people's on people's tables and help keep med uh, good quality medicine flowing through the state. All right. No, I, uh, I have a Sure. Could I ask you a strange question? Uh, now, you might not know the answer you to can. this. You might have to find out. But I, I'm dying to know this. See, I, I had to go through this process. Like most people that use cannabis medicinally, you have to – there's no – a doctor can assess me. A doctor can tell me that he believes that uh, it, would, it would help me and mitigate the circumstances I suffer by using cannabis. He can sure. follow up and make sure I'm okay and things aren't, aren't going, you know – some, in some direction we don't want them to. Um, but what he can't necessarily do at this point, which is unfortunate for everyone that uses medical cannabis, he can't tell me what strains are best for what things and how I should choose the different variety of cannabis I use. Now, for not all people, but for a lot of people, they're uh, hedonistic or recreational uh, users before they're, they ever realized they would need it medicinally. And so they've used cannabis before. And so when it comes time when they need something for a serious reason and they they decide to to go and medicate with with cannabis they they tend to choose things that they used to like to use recreationally. Well in my case, I thought, "Hey, I like sativas because I I personally don't want to be taken out of the game. I like to be up and, and alive and you know really in in you know energized." And so I like sure. some of the even the stronger haze type sativas, but I had a chronic pain issue that I was dealing with and the the really especially the super sativas were probably the worst thing I could do it seemed like which I found out the hard way it was kind of like turning up uh, the volume on my pain level that was it was atrocious and I thought you know if I smoke enough of it I would I would it would definitely mitigate my circumstances but it would also mitigate my uh, consciousness in a general sense as well and that's that's not what I was looking for so I finally find one and it's called Matanuska Mist. And it's a combination of, I know you've heard of Matanuska Tundra, 
also referred hey, to as Matanuska Thunder something that we won't say on the air. And uh, it's a cross between that and uh, a strain called the Gray Mist from the Gray Area Coffee Shop in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Now, I've grown it. I find this. It took forever to find it, find out, find one that really worked really well. And this was amazing, especially for my cervical, the pressure and uh, the cervical pain that I had from the degeneration in my in my uh, cervical spine. It, it just seemed like it was velvet and just like like smoke, like vapor velvet that went in and wrapped around the the harm, the hurting area, and just it just it was such a relief. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to explain that way. I understand, but man, you can't imagine searching so long and finding something that worked really great. Well, then I'm looking for it, and it's it's called Matanuska Mint in most places now. It took me a long time to realize that it was the same thing. Now, my big question is, do you know why they changed the name of it? Why is it called Matanuska Mint and not Matanuska Mist? My guess would be is because it's a different seed than the mist. My guess would be is that they found something genetically wrong with the mist, as in too close to its F1 generation, it was having uh, serious uh, genetic problems, uh, inconsistencies. So they probably have gone and recrossed it or something, stabilized it a bit, and uh, changed the name on it. The other guess would be that someone other than the actual seed company that made Matanuska Mist made their version of Matanuska Mist and just simply called it Matanuska Mint. Okay, kind of a sort of copyright type of thing. Uh, that's, you know, the thing with seeds, the thing with strains is, is you have all these different, um, all these different uh, seed companies now, and they all want to make um, the same sort of stuff, things that are popular, things that they like, things that they, whatever, you know, for whatever reason. Um, so they can go and make the same strain essentially their version of it i mean if they know what a mother what the mother was what the father was and if it was recrossed or whatnot well they have access to all those seeds too they could make the same thing right they could change one tiny little thing of it though they could have gone with a hybrid of um one of, you know what i mean like of the gray mist or they could have gone with the uh, you know, they could have reversed something as slightly, and then they they have the same strains. A lot of these companies will sell uh, this, will sell seeds that are basically um, that they call the the same, but it's their version of it. But you know, they're the same. I mean, like now, like I saw Trainwreck being sold, and from what I understand, Trainwreck is a clone only um, strain in Northern California, originated here. But I'm finding seeds for it now online. Hmm. So. Um, so they go back and, and recreate these things. And then the other thing that they find out is after a lot of production has been going on of a certain type, they find out that there, some of them are unstable, and then they go back and stabilize them uh, and then give them a new name or uh, change the name slightly. So that's another part. I really wish we had some sort of organizational system. What, what do you think about the how the kind of similarly, I know it's been proposed before, the way they do wine. What about Do you think it? that would work with cannabis, cannabis strains? Meaning, meaning like if um, well, I, mean, I with had wine, yeah. a orchard where I grew a strain outdoors and then I had a, a greenhouse and then I had an indoor operation and all we did was produce like three different types and you visit our facility for test for tasting and then you buy ounces or whatever or if you're a, a retailer, you, you buy – 
bundles maybe or whatnot. Not, Is that what you mean? Maybe not the business model, but but just the classify the classification system that they use. Um, where well, we know already, we know the, the year and we know, you know. Well, we're already kind of getting there. I mean, wine is different because wine is produced from grapes, and there are only so many different types of grapes. Um, right. But what we're doing is we have two different types of plants, cannabis indica and the cannabis sativa, and, and there's different effects along the ways, and we are simply reproducing new types that are blends of those two common types, I mean, from different land strains and stuff. But in general, those are the two characteristics we're finding. With grapes, they're actually producing different types of grapes. So, like, you get a, you know, a, a Cabernet, and it's grown from one type of, of grape, but you're not going to get a Cabernet that's grown with the same grapes that um, that you get like a Pinot uh, a, a Pinot whatever Dijar I can't even pronounce a lot of the wine stuff um, French people but you know like wow. the right the the um, the uh, so the grape so you won't get a Pinot out of a you know Cabernet grape or whatnot um, and then like table wine is like a mixture of different grapes and stuff and you know but like with 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 weed it's just a little bit different it seems like because we have i mean thousands of different genetic possibilities that we're working with so to um classify it just like one i think that 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 we're in a way a little bit more simple because we have a scale of indica and sativa but in a way we're a lot more complicated because we can have so many different uh genetic possibilities and varieties um Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's kind of like that's my understanding of the difference between mm-hmm. the two. But um, we could definitely go about labeling it better. Uh, in California, we, we try to label it. We try to label it better. We try to tell you if it's a, you know, if it's sativa dominant, it'll be labeled as a sativa. If it's uh, close, you know, 60, 40, 40, 60, 50, 50, something like that, it's a, it's a sativa indica blend. And then if it's uh, an indica, it'd be an indica dominant uh, strain, like we call OG Kush uh, a sativa, although it's only like 85% sativa but that's so dominant that it's basically on the sativa end um but uh you know like um we're starting to label those sort of things so that people know what they're at least you know leaning towards but the point that you were making earlier is is your pain is specific and there are different types that you need to 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 try to find what works best for you and um right uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, like for me personally, I know that I want, um, if I need to medicate during the day, that I'm going to be going with a sativa dominant. And then um, if I'm going to be medicating later at night, I'm going to med- medicate with an indica dominant. Um, and that's just my sort of general uh, general way of uh, of medicating um, because I like to try different types. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty much my job to try different try different types so um i can't just stick with with one particular type of medication but for for my symptoms and my pain that works uh if if i was a a more acute uh chronic illness or something perhaps i would be really really trying to hone in on um on one type that worked for me the best or certain you know different types but 
Um, yeah, I mean, in California, we're really making an effort to tell people what there are. But see, here's the deal. Um, there's still such, such a lack of knowledge from the general. I mean, really, we think that, you know, there's so many connoisseurs. There really aren't. People are becoming connoisseurs based off of trends. And they're not sure. really, like, you can, you know, I go into, I went into a spot the other day, and they had things that they were calling this and calling that. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's just a, that's just a train wreck. You're just changing the name around on that. I can tell, you know what I mean? Like, so you sure. still have have some some trickery going on with people calling things different names just to kind of thwart your, your attention on it and get you to try something new just because it's uh, uh, got a different name. But really, it could just be something else that you've already medicated with. You know what I mean? So um, that's unfortunate definitely... too. I think I, I think the trends tend to for a lot of people that that are kind of outside of the know. It kind of it leads them to miss what's what they're really looking for in a lot and in most cases usually what they're really looking for i mean just based on a trend i mean especially sure. the worst thing that gets me is the people that, and i think it's probably i hope it's it's at least it's a it's a it's a very uh low majority of the people but they just want to listen to the like the most uh, incredible mind blaster super you know mega strain and they don't understand really I think people that, that shoot for those type of things, they don't really understand that, you know, what's important and what, what it's all about in the first place. You know, it's sure. kind of, I liken it. Go ahead. No, 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 my bad. I was, I was interrupting you. You're going continue. Okay. Well, um, I just, uh, I was just going to say that I, I, as much as I hate to ever, uh, compare to alcohol, it, it makes kind of a, a, a reasonable analogy it's kind of similar to like if you wanted to go have a cocktail with somebody which i'm not against you know necessarily but you know you just want to have a cocktail you might want to have a rum and coke or something somewhat you know kind of middle of the road and then you're still cognizant and you can like sit up straight and <laughs> speak clearly you don't go there and just have a big glass of uh uh everclear on the you know straight you don't. It, sure. it just, you just don't do that. And so, I mean, I don't think people get the right reaction and the right effect that they're looking for whenever they just jump onto the most extremely strongest strain they can find, just for the sake of being the, the you know, the best stuff or the most powerful stuff. I don't necessarily equate that the strongest stuff is necessarily the. Best you know, stuff. the funny thing. The funny thing, though, is is cal uh, the market. It doesn't necessarily only promote strong stuff. It promotes trends. It promotes physical characteristics, uh, smell, taste, look, feel, uh, crystal content. TH, actual THC content in marijuana is uh, fairly, um, it's not a big factor really in the sales of a type. Because um, I go to clubs that actually test their weed now and label what the, their THC and cannabinoid tests are coming back with. And okay. uh, there's some top shelf medicines that, sell, that, that are less than 10% on the THC scale. And then there's some top, top shelf medicines that are around 20%. So you've got right. stuff that sells at the same price that's got half the THC as something selling right next to it at the same price. So the THC level isn't necessarily uh, what it is. But you're absolutely right if, I mean, you know, if, if all you're doing is, is trying to get the strongest stuff possible, then really you're just in it to get high. You're not really trying to become an educated um, medicine user. However, that's what sure. the jobs of these dispensaries is, is to try and teach their teach their patients how best to medicate. I, I personally believe sure. that that's, 
that's what their job is. You know what I mean? Like that they are supposed to be educating people when they're looking at cannabis, when they're talking about it, help them learn, you know, what the different effects of what are, what feedback they've gotten on different types, et cetera, et cetera. Ask them, what did you try last time you, 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 you came here? How did that work? What were your thoughts? Well, we still have that. Was it good enough to try some of that again? Or, or, mm-hmm. you know, did you have any negative effects? This, that, you know, was the taste in your alley? Okay. Well, you didn't like the, the taste of that. Well, here's a sativa I think has similar effects or whatever. Try this one. You know, I mean, like that's uh, that's the bud tender's job to be a compassionate, um, basically a compassionate retail person um, and somewhat of a, a, a medical advisor at the same time, helping people learn to medicate. You know, um, this segues segues really nice into um, one of our new segments uh, called Nice Joint. Nice joint, man. Um, nice. I actually, this, yeah, it's a nice joint you got there, dude. Fatty, check it out. I uh, I burned one down at the Berkeley Patients Group this weekend, and right. uh, it's a uh, otherwise known as BPG, and uh, mm-hmm. it's over um, in Berkeley. Uh, and um, it's it, when you're driving up to it, it, it looks a little different. You know, it's this like kind of glass building with a regular building on the top, but then it has barbed wire fences all around the parking lot, and they've got the security. Um, they're they're a little heavy on the security, um, but it's in uh, a, a part of Berkeley where you know it, it probably really benefits them to have um, to have uh, right. such a security presence. And, uh, you know, um, I mean, there are people coming in all day with uh, large amounts of money and medicine. So uh, it, it feels secure um, when you're walking. It's not the most uh, appealing thing to the eye uh, coming up, but uh, their staff um, is um, not uh, – it's not that they're unfriendly, but they're not, like, going out of their way to be the cannabis club, you know, the compassion club that cares about you so much. You are um, pretty much um, just a cannabis user, a a, a medicine taker. Um, They're not trying to uh, pull down a red carpet for you and make you feel special anyway. They have a different theme there. It's more of the Amsterdam-style spot. You go into this place, they, you know, uh, didn't even really get a hello. You definitely, you know, you go to some places and it's, sir, hello, I'm super friendly. We really care about you. And then you go to some places and it's more of like, yo, what up? Here, let me check your shit. All right, cool, peace, you're in here. We just verified you right on, you know. And that's kind of how Berkeley Patients Group was, which doesn't offend me, but might offend some users, you know what I mean? Um, So I get in there, and I'm like, cool, dude, and you walk right into this, like, coffee area where they have, like, tea and free coffee, um, and there's some munchies there, and then it's, like, looks like a kind of like a very small high school cafeteria, but there's vaporizers on each table, and there's people in there, and, and there's bongs, and there's people in there puffing and getting ripped and laughing and smiling and and uh, chit-chatting and making friends. And then there's this bar area where they're selling pipes and glass and where you can rent out, you can not even rent out, you just have to give them your ID. And then they give you a new clean, a nice clean bong. They keep cleaning the smoking utensils as they come through. And then in the back is where their area is. And the thing I liked about their little back area, even though it was a little bit small and a little bit crowded, was is that they had seats. 
for people to sit down while they waited in line. And, um, you know, there there are people with severe medical issues coming into these places. So a lot right. of the places I go to don't have seating for, pe- for, for patients, but this place did have seating, and I thought that was a – um, a benefit, and then uh, when I got up to the uh, to the to the sales staff, went you know to look at the products and things. The guy I talked with was very knowledgeable and pretty nice, and uh, they had a decent selection of. Um, of products, they they um, had everything from high end down to low end, um, uh, several diff- different um, edibles and concentrates, and they were the first place I've been to in a while that that has a. Uh, uh, um, a refrigerated section for refrigerated edibles. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, I'm sure that I'll be running into more more of this as, as we go through this because it's uh, one of my goals to get to all these places. But um, just, you know, starting slow and getting in there. But I thought overall I thought it was a cool scene. Um, it would be a place that I would hang out. Um, every once in a while, you know, and would really awesome. enjoy it socially. Um, and then, um, you know, like the thing that I liked the most about it was it was a place where you could tell some of these donors, some of these patients were coming in, and it was where they really liked to hang out. You could Because we sat and we puffed a few different types of sativas, and, uh, you know, people watched. And you, and you could totally tell, oh, it's okay, mister. Hey, mama. Bubba's in here. You could totally tell that um, the people that go there love it. The people that frequent there, they love it. Mm-hmm. It's a simple place. They can smoke there. They can make friends there. They go there. I mean, I, I you know, was just looking around and was like, wow, people are happy. You know, like there's some people here that are down on their luck, but they come here and this place makes them feel happy. And I thought that was amazing. And, and you know, when Illinois gets that vibe, Jamie, you guys are going to be stoked. Thank you. Rock. Yeah, we're working on it. Hey, uh, so what yeah. would you rate this one? This is a high rating on a one to five, huh? Uh, if, it was, if it's a one to five, I would rate it somewhere between a three and a four. Excellent. And for Sounds different like and for different reasons, you know what I mean. Like I'm gonna have to get specific on how I'm rating things, like cleanliness, sure. um, you know, uh, open field design, um, sure. you know, maybe, like, uh, maybe four or five criteria, and then eventually put that on our website for. Exactly. Um, that's kind of what I'm what I'm going to start doing is trying to figure out how I'm judging these places. But at first, I'm just kind of trying to get a feel for what the different things are that exist, you know, yeah. which uh, brings brings us to our um, super nugget special bonus of the, the day. There are differences. Yeah, right. The super crystally dank, special <sighs> stinky fat nugget of the day. Here's your bonus nugget. Dispensaries. There are, you know, on a scale, there's two totally different sides. There's one that feels like a very clean, somewhat sterile medical facility, very professional, right, where where people treat you like, you know, like like a a patient completely, and they uh, they they kind of overdo the they overgo with the giving you a feeling of respect and like you know like trying to like make you feel like special and then there's on the other side there's the um somewhat more like Amsterdam coffee shop style less clean less about 
um, less about that, you know, like professional sort of thing, more of a, a like you do it yourself vibe, come chill, make friends, find your smoke. There's good smoke there too, um, sort of thing. So, um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's a personal preference for everybody. Uh, and I kind of lie somewhere in between because I like both of them. I like the type. I, there's something that really appealing about the very sterile place that you go in. It's a medical facility, and they're very professional, and they treat you with res- complete respect, almost over the top, you know. And then there's something sure. really appealing about the place where just your regular Joes are just sitting around shooting the shit and taking big bong rips and getting happy and high and having a good time and drinking coffee. That's and, good, too. Um, you know, like celebrating life in marijuana. So, um I like both styles. I can't really de- determine, you know, where I'm at on that. H- how about you, Jamie? What, what would be your thing? What would you, what would you appreciate? Well, to me, it comes down to safety, prices, and quality of weed. The bud has That's to be it. good quality. And actually, That's I'm it. not certain that it's exactly in that order necessarily, but I think it, pro- it likely, it, if, if I really dug into it and, che- and checked it out, took a look at it, it would, it would probably end up being in, in that order because I, safety is, is paramount. I mean, you can't go for legitimate, recreate, uh, legitimate medicinal purposes or just to casually uh, hang with your friends or for any reason to do any of those things if you're going to get you know, hurt or, you know, assaulted in some way, or you're going to be in some kind of unsafe, you know, area. So that's probably the first thing that's a, that should be a given. So then when Mm -hmm. we get that, I think it comes down to the quality of the bud, even, even over the prices. I mean, it has to be fair price and it can't gouge you. It's not a big business thing where they're going to scam you and make a fortune off you and exploit you for, you know, your, your money. But but you know, I, I think that it has to be reasonable. But the biggest thing is is just the quality of the weed. I mean, you can you can grow marijuana, and as you know, you're well aware of it's not just uh, you snap your fingers and anybody can do it. I mean, anybody can necessarily grow the plant, but to have the quality and the purity and the and the you know consistency that you're looking for, it, it takes a little bit of talent and practice. Actually, significant amount, you might say. So, I mean. I want good quality bud and I want it to have the right smells. And I mean, I think the criteria behind that, the biggest thing is what kind of, of processes they go through and what kind of fertilizers they use. I mean, the fertilizer would be organic, preferably in my case, I would prefer organic way over anything else. And, uh, the processes wise, I think the, the, the primary process have to flush their weed very well. And I know that there's some big names. There's some big people in uh, the Netherlands that don't flush their weed at all, ever. And I just don't, I don't really get that. I mean, I can taste it right away. And why would I want to do that? I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's part of the quality criteria that I look at. And I think that's well, the biggest thing next to being safe. Well, when you're, when you're looking at the, at the quality then, yeah, safety is obviously important. If you go to a place that doesn't feel safe, you don't feel secure, you're not going to want to hang out there. There's, that's, that's just all there is to it. Yeah, that, but, that area is pretty rough where you're talking about, isn't it? It's, 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 it's black. But that doesn't me doesn't mean rough. I'm from an area with a lot of black people. I, I you know I mean it's very culturally distinct. I mean Berkeley apparently is is it has problems, but I don't notice any. You know um, I, we blend. We go to parks and multicultural parks right in that neighborhood. I mean we hung out. My son and I went and played at a park like a few blocks from that place and had a great time. So. 
Um, rough, I think, is is a matter of uh, is a matter of perspective. You know, well, there's but, a high level of violent crime in that area. I think sure, is but there's a bank right. There's a bank. There's a bank right down the street that doesn't have to have barbed wire around it. That's a plus. You know, I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> I mean, doesn't a isn't a bank as easy of a target as a cannabis place? I mean, they don't have any security either. So I, you know, sure. they, 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 I mean, so anyway, you're you're right. Um, and um, certain, you always want to be somewhere that makes you feel safe. Uh, mm -hmm. People going to that place may look at it like, well, at least they've got you know barbed wire around it. But I would imagine that most of the patients that go there um, could do without the barbed wire. I think the vendors probably yeah. like the fact that they've got so much security, but the patients probably could care less. Because they probably, I mean, they probably eat at the Mexican place two blocks away without barbed wire around it. You know what I mean? So, sure. um, so to some degree, places can be over can be over secure, but um, the right amount of security is important. But when you're talking about quality, quality is tough because, you know, you're saying you'd like all these different preferences of different, you know, from your different products and stuff, but. These places buy from different vendors all the time who are buying from different mm -hmm. growers all the time. You're, we do not have that much information yet about our medicine in this state. This is a big industry, a lot of different retailers, a lot of different wholesalers. It's still it's very much in its infancy and it, of, of its organizational structure and how it's going to work out to be a very professional sort of scene. So, like, when you go to a place, you could look at – whatever, but how are you going to know if it was how long it was flush before you try it out? I mean, you know, I guess what Just I'm getting taste. at is the quality thing is going to differ. I mean, you could go to one place and try, you know, their their bomb OG or whatever, whatever kind of OG they have this week, and it could be great, and you could go back two weeks from now, and it could be totally different from a different grower and everything, and you're just assuming it's going to be the same, and it won't be. So getting the um, consistency in products is huge. Um, I think with some places you'll find that they have it because they've made deals with people and built relationships to continuously get the same products from the same people. So when you go to one hmm. place, you're like, you know, they've got that OG that I always like. That's always interesting. Like it. Yeah. Well, let me so ask you this. Yeah, sure, shoot. Do so do you think you you mentioned the different the sort of you know in a general sense the different types like the really kind of antiseptic real clean overly professionalized you know persona that they put on of some of them and then the more relaxed atmosphere of the other ones do you think that the consistency varies between those two types of establishments well, the, the the medical facility, the, the more going towards the medical facility style is moving towards more of sure. a testing sort of thing, too. So uh, at minimum, you can go to a place like this, and you can know that your medicine was tested for THC levels. They tell you what they are, and they tell you their different CBD levels and everything like that as well. They're also put through uh, fungal and mildew tests so that if there are any crazy mm -hmm. um, molds uh, in them, they won't ever be put out for market. That does not include yes. powdery. They do accept powdery mildew to some degree, um, mm -hmm. but um, it, 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 they then know once they're getting a product that has too much of it, 
Um, but yeah, for like if there are any toxic like molds or anything like that in, in the weed, uh, they'll know. Uh, and then places are even starting to test now for uh, crazy uh, insecticides and whatnot. Uh, so it's getting, the medical facility at least has that going for them. Now, however, uh, a more relaxed chill spot could do that too. There's no no reason mm-hmm. they couldn't do that, separate from their more relaxing vibe. Because really what we're talking about here is ambiance. How much does ambiance matter to you as a patient? I mean, sure. um, are you looking for a place where you go in and you get in quick and you get out quick and you have your medicine and you go medicate by yourself? Um, and they, you know, or are you looking for a place where you can go and fucking hang out and meet some new dudes and some new <laughs> chicks and, and advocate and, and, you know, uh, really like socialize around mm. our culture and our medicine, um, you know, right. Like, as far as ambiance goes, you just, in, in your, you know, and what you're looking for, it wasn't even a criteria for you. It was, you know, right. I can tell you one thing for certain. Anybody suffering from shrieking unbearable pain or some sort of a nausea where you feel like you're going to zook like at any second on perpetually <laughs> that really bad, horribly unbearable nausea, which is almost as it's, it, it's probably likable to like some severe chronic pain. You know, it's just so uh, annoying and just unbearable. You, the last thing you're worried about at that moment is ambiance in that case. For those individuals. So, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I can see how that would that would definitely vary. And you're right. You know, now that you point, I didn't realize that. That wasn't even in my list of criteria at all, was it? No, ambiance is, is totally not in, it wasn't in there. And, I mean, you know, and perhaps it's just because you don't get to visit, visit dispensaries and, and check out new spots, you know, um, in Illinois. But um, it, it's definitely part of it, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's like I was saying. DPG, they were great. They had at least they had places for people to sit down. So they're less medical, but they had places for to, for people to sit down. So if you you know need to sit down, at least you can there. You know what I mean? So um, in that sense. It could help someone with more pain. So it's there's just a it's just it's just a it's a really interesting industry that's still getting solved. Like we're still trying to figure out what people want. And I think though the thing is is you know there's hippie bars, there's country bars. I mean I hate to 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 to, to compare it to alcohol, but let's just let's just compare it. There's sports bars, there's yuppie bars, there's fraternity bars you know what i mean i think that what truly is going to happen in the end is the cultural the cult i mean there will be some sort of minimum requirement for you to have uh a cannabis club and you'll have to meet health and safety codes to do it and then from there on more of what you'll do is 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 be simply what kind of crowd are you trying to to get novelty in, you know what i mean yeah sure. like i mean there there's so so it, it's really interesting to see it all kind of settle out it's really cool to go to these different places feel the different vibes see what you like and don't like about each different place you know like um one place really doesn't have the medical the 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 the, the ambiance the vibe the 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 scene but they have way better medicine, uh, you know, or, you know what I mean? So it's, it's cool sure. to really, to really get to experience this and, uh, see the growth of it and see, um, how it all kind of shakes out in the end. 
Yeah, I understand. Yep, that makes sense to me. You know, I mean, you have to understand because it doesn't seem like it now. And it, and it kind of this conversation is really beneficial to me. It, it helps me realize that because I'm in the, I'm in my situation. So it's kind of difficult to kind of see outside of it and take a, you know, a broader look at things. And uh, but I I don't really. I don't really I'm not opposed to the to uh looking at different like kind of novel suggestions or different types of clubs for the ambiance or for the environment, you know, and the comfortable kind of relaxed uh atmosphere or a fun atmosphere to hang out. I mean, I'm I'm into that kind of thing too. I really appreciate the that type of of those type of elements. It's just I think that whenever you get like a serious uh a really chronic uh medical situation going on, it, it's 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 one of the unfortunate circumstances it kind of pushes your ability to enjoy that type of stuff out it, it kind of edges it out <laughs> in in exchange for just the the need to eliminate that problem right away that you know it's funny that was uh, the person that I visited BPG with that was their 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 point too however he was saying I still like to come here and 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 yeah. you know and I, and and why Absolutely. is because you can just look at the people and see how happy well, they are to be there to be able to have like a public place where they can legally partake and um some of those people like if you talk, talk about someone that's really sick you know how much socializing do they get to do when they feel up to it and they right. feel like all right man I I think I've got a few hours of goodness in me like right now like I'm going to go to the club and, and hang out with some people and, and, and socialize with some people. You know, that's really, really important for people medically and, and psychologically, too, to some degree, I would think. Sure. And I, I know for a lot of people, when they, even with, with very chronic conditions, the, whenever they medicate with cannabis, it doesn't take very long. I mean, when, to give you a, a really brief scenario on my personal, I, I, if I have a really bad pain episode, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and my mouth will be chattering like crazy, like I'm freezing, but I'm not cold at all. It's just from the nerves in my neck and, and my, my spine. And it's just so much pressure. It's unbearable. And it's just unbelievable pain. And I mean, not like boo-hoo type crying, you know, but it's like like squeezing tears out of my face. My face is just covered with, it's like all wet from tears, like squeezing out of my face. My mouth is going crazy and I'm shaking and I'm like breathing really radically. And it's, it's just unbelievable. And whenever I, I just, I'll, I'll use a vaporizer. I use a volcano vaporizer, which I'm sure you probably endorse as well. But uh, I, I, I breathe in one breath. And it's just, it's literally seconds later. And that, that, that intense chatter that many, uh, uh, very qualified neurosurgeons could not explain to me, um, starts melting away and it stops. And then the unbearable pain becomes just, you know, significant pain that I can definitely tell is there, but it's not over ruling my, you know, sanity. And <laughs> it's not over, I'm not overcome by it anymore. And, I mean, so, you know, whenever you go, the first priority might be to eliminate that problem, whatever you're having right away. But since that happens pretty relatively quickly after administering cannabis, then, then you know, you might want to be happy. You might be uh, appreciative of, of having a nice environment that you're sitting in <laughs> whenever, in a sense, you kind of realize where you're at once that happens and you start calming down a little bit and, and go and start breathing a little bit more normally. And you go, hey, this place is nice. And I guess I guess that makes a, a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I I was looking at a cross-eyed guy the other day who just had the biggest smile on his face as he was exhaling from a volcano. And, um, <laughs> you, you know, like, I mean, it, it, they were – these dudes – so, like, we had our own little private table, you know, because we were, no, we were uppity like that. But there was, like, a, cafe, ca, a cafeteria-style table that random people were just sitting down at like they would at lunch in high school and just smoking right next to each other and striking up conversation and smiling, man, and it was – it was a different feel, man. I really, I really appreciated it for what it was, um, you know. So, so yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a fan of both types, and I'm glad that they both exist. I would hate to have one. There has to be some variance. You can't, you sure. can't say you have to be like this, and you have to be like this, and you have to wear a tie, and you have to tuck your belt in perfectly, and the belt has to be right off the side, and then you have to clean your shoes and everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, to some degree, like, let your pants hit the ground. It's all good, you know, even if you look like a fool with your pants on the ground. Let them hit the ground sometimes, right. you know? Pants on know. the ground. <laughs> I can't believe that was such a sensational dude. Looks like our time yeah. is up, Jay Cass. I All right. I, well, hey, thanks I, for I, that music. I'm glad to hear about that. Yeah, man, for sure. Next week we're going to be our out. super nugget. Yeah, next week we've got some. Uh, we'll have some updates on what's going on in LA, um, and uh, uh, we will uh, also be talking um, about marijuana as religion and its. Uh, implications for uh as far as um legally and then spiritually as well so that's a big deal i look forward to hearing that one and tomorrow i will be headed to the capitol building uh in support of sb 1381 illinois medical cannabis bill so i'm looking forward to that and i'll let you know how that goes good luck jamie until next time peeps stay cool awesome all right peace to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.